we are in a highly touristed area. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of people walking by that don't even get to interact with animals or horses sure. for that matter. And so to see the uh, children's especially eyes just light up when they're able to see a horse, yeah. a real life horse. Sometimes they don't even believe is it real. Hi, I'm Heidi Harriet. Welcome to Animal Tales, where we talk about my favorite subject, animals. Well, today I'm doing another podcast on carriage horses. If you've been listening to the podcast, uh, this past spring, I did one on the New York City carriage horse businesses and the outcry that they need to be stopped. They shouldn't be doing carriage rides in the park and such. And this story comes from Lake Tahoe, a family who for 50 years second-generation family providing sleigh rides and carriage rides in the beautiful Lake Tahoe area. They've come under attack by animal rights groups led by PETA. Interestingly, there's a petition circulating that's gotten a lot of signatures to put them out of business, but yet even the city council admits that the petition doesn't have addresses or zip codes. So... More than likely, and in these cases, this is the typical scenario, this is not an outcry from those who have enjoyed the carriage ride business or know these folks as part of their community for many decades. It's from a vocal minority who just believe they don't want it to be happening. It's a great conversation with Dwight and Diana Borges and I know you'll enjoy hearing about their beautiful horses as well. Dwight and Diana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thanks for um, inviting us to be on your podcast. Just looking forward to being yeah, this conversation. I, this was very uh, last minute. I saw an article um in the tahoe daily tribune and um wanted to have you guys on to tell your side of the story and um so you guys have a really cool business you have a carriage and a sleigh ride business tell us about that what what's that all about well our sleigh ride business is how we started our business and uh, it was started by my uh, mom and dad sam and rosie Borges, and uh and then after a few years, we started uh, doing the carriage rides in the summertime as well. So it's uh, we're very fortunate. We live in a beautiful place. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful places in the world. Lake Tahoe is ranked right up there in the top in, in my book for nice, cool places to go visit and lots of things to do. And uh, so uh, we were very fortunate. We've been able to operate in South Lake Tahoe for over 50 years. And then uh, we started operating on the north side of Lake Tahoe at uh, a state park called Sand Harbor and uh, for the last 10 years. So uh, it's been a been a fun, exciting kind of a trip we've been on. Uh, I kind of grew up doing this. Yeah. And uh, Diana, so Dwight, I read uh, you guys were kind enough to send me a book um, about uh, Sam that I believe, did Sam write the book? Uh, your dad, Dwight? No, no, no. Uh, Sam was a well, uh, I've been working uh, at the business for a better part of close to 30 years now. Okay. Um, and Sam Borges was the most amazing storyteller I had ever known. And I've done a little performing and I was really 
I was in awe of his abilities. And uh, he had such a very interesting life as well. And we kept telling him, well, you know, you have to write these stories down. And um, towards the end of his life, he was quite ill. And uh, he had, uh, was it leukemia? Leukemia, 86 years old. And he, he was, I could only, you know, type with one finger. I'm very slow. It would take me forever. Right. Oh, okay, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, okay. And so every afternoon, him and Rosie Porges would come to the house and tell us the stories that we've heard a hundred times. And I tape recorded them and tried to um, look at them from a different perspective. And I put the book, I wrote the book, I wrote it and I edited it. We had it published and printed in 10 months. Wow. Which if you've ever done a book, that's, that's quite a, an yeah. interest. That's difficult. And so uh, that's kind of my disclaimer for any grammatical errors because I had to do my own editing. And that was, uh, I, I have a, a, a very much an appreciation for people who edit other people's works. It's yes, hard work. absolutely. So but we um, managed to get it in his hands um, a month before he passed away. Oh, so, what a, what a wonderful I, gift. And, uh, a gift also because in reading I've picked out little excerpts I've read and uh it's it's delightful. I too come from a uh my father and my grandfather were very unique characters unfortunately. Um we've got some writings but also some videos. So um they call it now like a the living library. They get seniors to come in and tell their stories. So kudos to you. So Diana, how did you join the business? Is it through marriage and what was your background before you came to this? Um, I'm a city girl. Okay. I was born in uh, Southern California, Hollywood. <laughs> um, so I fell in love with a tall, dark, handsome man and ended up with a job. Great, great. And uh, so you, I, I read this story that your dad, uh, was it Sam, won a pony? And ha before that, I hadn't been doing this and then turned it into some fun with the kids and ultimately yeah, into was, a business. Yeah, it was uh, just a, uh, a very random luck of the draw, literally. Um, but I, there was a car dealership going for opening up, first one in South Lake Tahoe, and it happened to be given away a pony on the same day that my brother Dave's birthday was. <laughs> and we actually, my, and I wasn't, uh, pretty much even around at that time. I was kind of uh, still uh, in my mother's belly. And, oh, okay. Uh, in the oven. In the oven, as they say. And so, uh, so on uh, my, uh, it turned out uh, my brother Dave's luck of the draw, the raffle ticket ended up being David Borges. And he had won a pony. And uh, <laughs> we really didn't have a, we just had a, a uh, I wasn't even there, like I said, but, uh, he, uh, we didn't even, we just had our backyard in a small backyard. Fortunately, it was a small pony and you can put it in the backyard for a little while. But, uh, uh, so, um, we being big fans of, uh, Bonanza at the time, um, it was the most popular show on TV. Oh yeah. We had a name our little horse. His name ended up being little Joe. Oh, cute. And after, yeah. after little Joe and, uh, and Bonanza. And so, uh, we started giving our, 
my dad started uh, tinkering, making a sleigh using postcards and pictures and made a little sleigh for little Joe. And we just started uh, having fun around the neighborhood and giving rides just to the family and friends. Okay. And then uh, we, uh, one of the, our neighbors said, hey, our, our guests would really love doing this. Why don't you go uh, across the street from our hotel, see if you can use the uh, pasture that's not being used in the wintertime. And uh, we did, and that's how our sleigh ride business started, which is one horse and one sleigh, and my dad driving and giving tours around uh, the south shore of Lake Tahoe in the casino area. Fantastic. As I said, I came to your story and your business because I, um, I'm always on the search for animal stories and the goal of the podcast is to tell the story from the perspective of the people who love care and work with the animals. And there's certainly a lot of information like this story that I came across that says uh, a, a petition circulates to ban horse-drawn carriages um, in Tahoe. And um, <clears throat> it got me thinking about it. So I reached out to you guys. So what, so present day, you guys are doing sleigh rides in the winter and then in the summer, you do some, uh, do you call them carriage rides? And what's happening? What What is the complaint? What is the deal all of a sudden after decades of your family doing this and having good standing in the community and such? Well, uh, bringing it up to date, we've, uh, uh, over the years, we've followed um, other carriage companies, especially I think about 15 years ago, there was kind of an assault on the carriage uh, industry, especially yes. in New York City. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they really have been putting up uh, a good um, argument for uh, why horses and carriages need to be a part of people's uh, lives and part of our our uh, our whole existence. And uh, and they uh, and so and every once in a while we'd get a, a person or two that would come up and complain about um, horses being abused, but. Most of the time, um, we those um, would be reported to the local animal control, and the animal control would come out, and they would see that our horses are not abused. They are treated as well as anybody's children, and, yeah. or if not better. Sure. You know? And they uh, and they see that uh, they're they're well taken care of, and anybody can walk up to any animal and see if it's being abused you now and our horses they they look healthy they look happy and uh and so we are very um happy that uh, we have had a good relationship with the animal control people and they realize and with our vet coming in and and uh, uh, working with the animal control and working with us making sure our horses are in good health and are happy doing what they do right um, what kind of horses do you guys use? Did I see that you have draft horses? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. Uh, we've always loved the Belgian draft horse for yeah. our business because they they're short and stocky and super strong. We yeah. don't they don't need it for a carriage. You know, a carriage is on wheels; it rolls really good. But in the winter time, you really need the strongest horses you can get. These are the plow horses that um, the Amish use to plow Absolutely. Their That's what I was just thinking in Lancaster. You'll see five abreast of the Belgians out plowing a field. So, yeah. yeah. Um, there's lots of, uh, draft horses, the Clydesdales or have the longer legs, beautiful, 
great for Super Bowl commercials. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, but when it comes down to downright working pulling, you want the Belgians, and they pull the most. And when you get like a foot or two of snow, you need to have the most horsepower you could possibly have. And that's why we chose the, the Belgians, and we've been lucky enough to have blonde Belgians through our business and uh, and a lot of really amazing horses and that we've been able to uh, be able to participate with and be a part of our lives yeah. and be a part of there because it's a two-way street. Absolutely. With the horses. For, so this is an audio podcast. Describe what a Belgian horse looks like, color and size to give folks some uh, idea. Belgians uh, are huge. Um, they most they all weigh over 2,000 pounds. Um, your average horse that most people will be able to go up and see they typically weigh about a thousand pounds. So you yeah. guys imagine something about double the size of a regular horse and everything is bigger with uh, a belt and draft horse. They're usually about 18 hands tall on the, and, uh, and they, which is probably about six feet tall. Yeah. It's a, right four, a hand is four inches. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and they, uh, and when they raise their heads up, they can be up to eight feet tall and they can be very intimidating. And a lot of people are, but they are gentle giants. They really are kind hearted animals. Their spirits and their uh, demeanor has always been one of kindness and, mm. and very easy going. Their personalities have been amazing. And, uh, and so they are big animals. You have to watch out because they are big, just like with anything that's big. Um, but, uh, they are very gentle and have the biggest hearts you'll ever come across. Yeah. Diana, what is it? What do the animals mean to your family? Um, I know you have a few, you have your horses that, uh, pull the sleighs and the carriages. What do they, what do the horses mean to you guys? Well, uh, they're part of the family. Yeah. Um, we had talked about earlier, mentioned how we have, we've had for many years people coming up and um, personally attacking us. Sure. Um, as being horrible, evil people who are slaving these poor animals and abusing them. And um, I wanted to mention that we're also been very proactive in their um, benefit their, um, like for instance, it was mentioned about how the, um, animal control was called. Yeah. Now the city starts after a while going, Hey, what's going on? You know, uh, there's, there's all these people saying these things. And we actually had a very good, uh, sit down discussion, um, with the city council, the police department, the animal control, and came up with a set of regulations also, um, industrial industry, uh, the carriage company standards. Yeah. And we yeah. came up with these things and, and helped to institute them to protect our animals and to show, you know, to have a standard. So everyone knew that we were legit, caring, loving, wanted to do what was best. Right. And it helped to set the ground rules for what everybody could expect. So there, um, we were living in South Lake Tahoe when we had started the sleigh rides. Um, when the carriage ride started up, we realized the reason we started the carriage rides was that the animals for just the three or four months of winter weren't getting enough exercise. 
and yeah. it was not good for their health. And that's why we started carriages in the first place. And so uh, since then, uh, we couldn't just keep them, as he said, in the backyard anymore. <laughs> so we um, bought a small ranch. Uh, not far, uh, less than a 20-minute drive away from Lake Tahoe. And um, we're sitting in our home office looking out into pasture where our horses are. So our horses uh, live with us. They're part of the family. They get 24-hour care if anything goes wrong right here. And a lot of people say, well, you're just making money. This is just a job. And it's not. This is a lifestyle for us. Um, yeah. If they get out two in the morning, we're out there rounding them up. <laughs> and when it's sick, we're walking them in the middle of the night or in a snowstorm. Right. We're out there making sure everyone's safe. Um, they're part of our family. Some of our horses um, have lived, um, you know, 20, 30 plus years. Sure. And we've worked them. So they've become. <laughs> Your friends, your family. I even oh, yeah. had my life saved by one of our horses. So, you know, you become very attached. So it, yeah. it's really quite on the personal level. It's very hurtful. It, it's like, it's just so hurtful to us to be called these awful names. Yeah. And, and, and to, to attack us. And also... Um, attack our horses. We've been hearing horrible things like our horses are better off um, dead. Right. And that's a scary feeling for someone who's spent a majority of our lives, my husband, his whole life, protecting and caring for them. Now we're concerned that some of these people might do something unforgivable. Yeah. I'm talking with Dwight and Diana Borges, uh, who operate a uh, sleigh ride and carriage ride business out of the Lake Tahoe area. And Diana, I, I can completely relate to everything you just said. I, uh, I alluded to the fact when I spoke with you guys that I, can, I also come from a tra- family of animal trainers and um, we've had performing animals. And you're right, people... There is a mantra in the animal rights community that people don't believe. The average person who just cares about animals and think they're doing something good by joining these organizations like PETA or HSUS or ASPCA. But there is a mantra out there that animals are better off dead than in captivity. They've co-opted that word, that, you know, loving human care. I, too, am from a horse training family. So I can, um, I thought, I think you painted a lovely picture of what it's like to live with and have your horses. And uh, Belgians, by the way, are like, do you call it blonde? They're a light brown color. A lot of times they're referred to as blonde. So anybody who has the good fortune to go through Amish country would likely see them out in a pasture as well. So you're saying you use the, the Belgian horses um, because you have them for the carriage, the sleigh rides, that's what you pull the carriages with as well. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they're, and they're just uh, such lovable animals. Uh, we're, yeah. They, we, we are in a highly touristed area. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of people walking by that don't even get to interact with animals or horses sure. for that matter. And so to see the uh, children's especially eyes just light up when they're able to see 
a horse, yeah. a real live horse. Sometimes they don't even believe, is it real? I you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that uh, our society has come so disconnected from the horse when it was such an integral part of humans' lives. And yeah. horses, um, we humans would never be where they are now without uh, the strength and the spirit of the horse. Yeah. And these animals are so sweet. Um, and they, they, they do seem to realize what's a small child, what's an elderly person. Oh, yes. Yeah. Someone approaches them, you know, with kindness and love and, and just genuine. You could, they feel it too. They feel the, they see the body language. They feel the inter, uh, connection between the two. And they're very gentle for being so big. And we allow people to pet them on their noses and many times give them little treats. And um, they've been very well trained over the years. And, and even dogs can come up to our horses. We have um, other pets here on the ranch. And so it's just amazing. And I think that's another part of the beauty. We're not just entertaining people, giving them tours and rides. We're really sharing what is a magnificent animal with people who live in cities a majority of the time and are never exposed to horses whatsoever. So it's, it's an education. We tell them how they were first bred and, and we talk to them about their um, abilities and their likes, their dislikes. So we try to, to not just educate them about an area we love, which is Lake Tahoe. We want to educate people about an animal we truly love yeah. and the draft horse. And I, I agree with you. I think that I know that um, having grown up, I grew up around elephants, camels, llamas, and also Percheron, gray Percheron horses. My father oh, my. recreated the loading of the circus trains in Baraboo, Wisconsin, which was the original home of the Ringling Brothers. So we had uh, teams of two and four that would help load and unload the what the flat cars, the train, the circus wagons, and then he would train the horses to just pull the wagons around and exhibit them. So, I I agree with you, and I say often on this podcast that we will not be able to save animals by computer generated images or National Geographic or anything that we're seeing uh, on TV or through a lens to see them up close and to touch them. How many people do you do we know, um, uh, us in the horse world, but beyond that, I hear it about elephants and other animals. They are actually working with animals now because they saw an animal when they were young and imagined that they could actually have a career working with animals. And so I completely understand and why I thought it was important to tell the story. So I wanna get to the petition. So. I think it was PETA really pushing this, but they decided to sign a petition that they they should do away with the carriages. No, no real um, specifics on anything wrong. Just the hyperbole, the the noise about it's it's terrible for the animals, all of that. But what I read that's interesting in the to the article's credit, the Tahoe Daily Tribune, they noted that the uh, signatures on the petition, they can't even verify that they are local. There are no zip codes or identification or addresses of any way. So that's a that's a real tactic of the animal rights community to um, stuff email boxes and such with, you know, like email the city council 
that this is horrible and your residents don't like it when in fact they're not the residents and uh, your the folks that you live around that know your family, I'm guessing are supporting you guys in this and and you know what's the scenario there? Yeah, you know, when our uh, our community is very um, tight, one that that has lived and and for some time in Lake Top. Um, I grew up went uh, kindergarten through high school mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, here in South Lake Tahoe, and we've uh, um, it, it is a, a very transient as well. We sure. can, uh, being a tourist community, we get a lot of people that come in for one ski season or one summer season, and they move on. But uh, there are quite a few people that stay and love living in the Lake Tahoe area, make that their home. And we've had um, numerous people come make come out of their way to come see us and our horses to say what an absurd thing these people are doing. We know you guys, we know your horses. We've seen them here in South Lake Tahoe for going on five decades and they're all beautiful animals. So, and we know that you treat them well and because you can just see it. And so we're very fortunate that um, we do have a facility that's amazing for horses. We kind of call it club med for horses because it is, they get to go out and pasture. Not all horses get to have this treatment. Some have to stay in stalls and songs are taken care of. That's what our horses do have really, really nice. And it shows. And, uh, and our community has come up, come and backed us up um, uh, just personally. And also um, the, uh, the police and the, and the, animal control, they do come out. Anytime there is a report about abuse horse, they come out and talk to us and we show them what we're doing yeah. and, and, and they, they're able to uh, answer the, 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 the complaints yeah. and, and, and that's their job. So uh, we're very fortunate that uh, we've our community does see our wonderful, well taken care of horses and uh, are backing us up. Are you, is there any danger that this uh, petition will, take root and that they're, you know, do you feel at the moment that your carriages are going to continue? Um, well, I guess there's, life is uncertain. Sure. No one really knows what will happen tomorrow. But um, I wanted to add uh, one of the complaints that they've been making is about the heat. Yeah. Now, Lake Tahoe is at about 6,000 feet. And we really don't have the heat that a lot of other people have. Mm -hmm. But that was um, mentioned to us. And so we've taken action um, in bringing out umbrellas and misters and um, checking the horses, giving them longer breaks in between rides and making sure everyone's got water with um, electrolytes and all these other things. Um, We have water available when they're up resting at the Um, loading area and there's also watering troughs we even have a gentleman on our trail who actually every time our horses come by he brings them out a carrot (laughs) (laughs) so they drink water in the trough and they get a carrot i mean these horses stop for this man no matter what so um it's it's we go out of our way to try to 
you have to sometimes adjust to the future and adjust to circumstances. That's how a person survives. You adapt. Okay. And okay, I can see that this was a complaint that needed to be addressed, but we addressed it. And there are limits to how hot it can be and you operate. We instituted those uh, provisions ourselves with the city. So um, we try to appease them. We try to show them that we're doing everything we can. They make a complaint. We try to fix it. But lately, especially with this petition, there is no reason for it other than They should be outlawed across the country. And I asked him, so what do you expect is going to happen with my herd of 12 horses? Mm -hmm. Do you think this city is going to be able to financially care for 12 Belgian draft horses? Do you have any idea what their fee (laughs) costs alone? Right. You know, let alone vets and shoes and all these other things. And where are they going to stay? Who's going to take care of them? Right. Because, you know, this is an expense and and there's no way. So um, some of those horses in companies that we've heard have succumbed to the pressure. And I got to say, I don't think that the bill or the petition will actually go through. I think what they do is they cause so much stress on the owners that they just Exactly. Because they don't want to deal with it anymore. And and believe me, we understand what that feels like. It, it you know, yeah, it, we're being attacked, but. Um, and Diana, that is a tactic. Um, they, they have multi-million dollars. My last podcast episode with Jack Hubbard from the Center for Environment mm-hmm. and uh, Welfare talked about multi-million dollars, CEOs making six figures, offshore accounts, and what they do is utilize that money not only for marketing and and their cushy job, their you know padding their own pockets, but um, they they institute lawsuits and they start these petitions and stuff because they have all the time in the world. They're not animal people. They're not experts. They're just wearing animal people down. Look at the circus industry is a classic yeah. example of that. And um, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. They're not stepping up to take care of the horses, nor do they have any expertise in that field, right? They're not animal experts. So they effectively, unless they are going to uh, create an unemployment role for Belgian horses and carriage horses, um, they're, you know, we've had the same issue in so many industries in the animal world where they decide they're going to, you know, take them all away and, do better by them. Well, what's better than, you know, lifetime veterinary medical care and dying of old age and nutritious food and people, you know, that having to be uh, regulated, right? So I, I often say on this podcast, there are more regulations in place for the animals in our family than there are for the children, right? If our children yes. show up at school, our grandchildren, and they don't, you know, have bruises or complain that anybody's hurting them. Nobody asks where they slept. They could have slept on the floor in their house. Nobody asks what they eat. But yet, when it comes to the animals, and I think we're both in agreement, we do have to take care of animals. We're their stewards. They don't speak, but we are the experts who understand what the care is. And the other point you made, Diana, you you hit the nail on the head. We can adapt and that's fine. To me, the best programs 
my program as an animal trainer and caretaker, generational experience, back three generations, mm-hmm. as you guys, and then updates in science, technology, and best practices, right? Because it, that's how we create our program, best practices. So we combine that with the best that we've done in the past, and then we've got a great program. To your point, and you said this very eloquently, they they're keep pushing and looking to take a, take apart that program. They think they're going to do it better. You, we have to be mindful as animal owners and trainers that we're still doing what's best for the animal, even if we can't make an un, uh, uneducated public who don't really know about animals understand. And you guys are are saying yes, we can we can adapt here, we can adapt there. We'll help with regulations. Okay, at this temperature, ninety degrees or whatever, we won't do rides when in fact. The animals will probably be okay, but that's okay. We're offering that olive branch. But it stops when you get to a point where they're telling you how to take care of your animals. And you've had horses who die of old age in their 20s and 30s. So they're, they don't have that expertise. And the big word that I, I love is anthropomorphizing. They're, they're looking at a carriage horse and putting human emotion and values on that. And, you know, oh, yes. sweating or, you know, the the factor of the sun or the rain or such and animals are built differently and they're you know we were created with amazing uh up ways to stay cool and ventilate themselves and that type of stuff so i know i'm preaching to sure. the choir but i don't think that the average person understands that because they do anthropomorphize way too much so i kudos to you for for saying we'll 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 pivot here, but we're not going to let our best practices go because we are experts and we know how to take care of our horses. So good for I you. I think it's funny. A lot of people, I, I, I really think it's uh, humorous. They'll come up and we have these misters and umbrellas. And I got to say, a lot of the horses do not like umbrellas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they I do not like totally them. appreciate but that. They're there. They're uh-huh. there. And they'll come up and go, Oh, the horse looks so depressed. <laughs> we kind of chuckle. No, he's actually napping. He formed a union with the other horses. They have super, they have these great privileges in between rides. They get to take a nap. They don't work after dark. They get extra carrots on the holidays. Yeah. And what was it? They put their hoof down on working on busy streets. <laughs> so sometimes we just, you know, we could sit there and, and roll our eyes and, and be yeah. angry. And many times I get angry, but we've chosen a lot of the times just to try to make life be funny. And most people who will la- listen to us, they they chuckle along and go, oh, okay, he's just right. sleeping. Oh, I wish I was sleeping on my job, you know. Exactly. And so we found that that's really helping. But a lot of these petitioners they don't approach us. They don't talk to us. They, They're they not your customer base. That's the biggest no. takeaway I try to get in on every episode, whether it's the story about the whales or elephants or whatever it is. They're not hearing from the customer base, the people who take the carriage rides, the people who appreciate it, because they're happy. They do it. Maybe they'll ask questions. And as animal owners and stewards, we'll answer those questions to give them a comfort level. But this outcry is not from the people who actually have seen and, you know, are comfortable with it. It's, it's a vocal, the vocal minority, the animal rights groups, and they have a very clear agenda. 
So tell us, tell me the names of some of your horses and maybe some of their characteristics. Who's your goofy horse? Who's your nervous Nelly? Who's your, you know, I'm going to lead the charge here. What? Tell me about your horses. Well, we, we, we have uh, two mares and, uh, and Oh, there you goats. go. <laughs> they rule everything. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, uh, so the mares kind of uh, set set the tone of the whole place, <laughs> and uh, which is pretty typical for herds yeah. of our size and yeah. uh, and the mares. So they run the place, but uh, when the gildings they they do listen to them, but they often will step up to the feeding um, bin and, okay. uh, and and manger and, and get their fair share of food too. So, uh, what are their um, names? What have, are the girls' names? Well, well the girls' names are. Uh, uh, Angel and Which isn't a good name to call a horse. Angel. <laughs> right up there with a, Princess. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. And, uh, and so they uh, they kind of rule the place with uh, with their ears back, and uh, oh, yeah. they communicate very well with the when something's going down that they don't like. They make sure that everybody backs off. And we have Mississippi as our other other mayor. Okay. And, uh, and so they they kind of run the herd. And, yeah, uh, and alpha mares. Yeah, that's not coming. After fifty years, we started running out of regular names, so we started calling them states. Oh, great! Yeah, we have. Uh, I like that. We have Cali, and we have Dakota. We have uh, Texas and Alaska, and uh, Montana. We have Montana. And, oh, I like uh, it. We do have. Yeah, so we've been kind of going towards that. We have. Uh, we do uh, try to share our horses as much as we can, and. We do get invited to go to uh, movie sets and TV sets. So Great. our horse Duke has been on a show called um, "The Twelve Dates of Christmas," which is an HBO <laughs> Max kind of. Uh, oh, I love it! Show. Okay, yep. yep. And we also—he's also been in a uh, uh, Lifetime uh, movie, uh, kind of like those hard Good. Um, movies, oh. Hallmark movies, and yeah. uh, Once Upon a Main Street. So, so we've been uh, invited to and been very fortunate to be a part of some of those productions. So, and then we had the two little goofies. Bert and Ernie, they're brothers. <laughs> Bert and Ernie, and okay. They're the ones that are the best escape artists. Oh, yeah. They they open the gate, and a lot of times, they won't even do the escaping. They'll just open the gate yes. and let everybody else, else out. They'll sit there like, oh, we didn't do it. We were good. Yeah. We're right here. Nothing to see yeah. here. I know. Yeah. Animals are funny in that way. And we're fortunate to have three sets of brothers. And so oh, the brothers, they, they, they're able to hang out with each other and, and, uh, and spend time with uh, their brother, you know, yeah. and it's, uh, it's really cool that we've been fortunate enough to have that, uh, that, that our, our herd that we've kind of handpicked. Some of them we have rescued ourselves where people mm-hmm. aren't able to spend time with their draft yeah. horse or for to feed them as much as they need to be fed. So Abraham, Abraham King, um, we're all rescues that were oh, in pretty bad shape when we got them and traveled all over the country in a trailer trying to find a home. And we took them in and you know, they, they appreciate that. And they're the best. They're the yeah. best, easiest going, loving horses. Um, we had a horse, Daisy. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly how she get, got her name, but I think she ate somebody's flower garden. And, uh, <laughs> that could be. That would be I damn had, Daisy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had uh, 
we have kind of an, an open um, pasture kind of relationship with the horses. We let them sure. be together as a herd. Yeah. And so feeding time, they all come to um, a set, like a big L-shaped mm-hmm. set of mangers. And um, I don't remember what it was. Maybe I, I was a low blood sugar mind, but I was feeding for some reason. And um Draft horses, when they get fed, man, it's quite a ruckus. Oh, you know, yeah. The big ones come first. And the little ones, maybe that or their friends can sneak in. But don't you, if it's not your turn, don't you sneak in. And, yeah. And as I said, I was feeding. I had uh, low blood sugar or something. And I passed out on the wrong side of the manger. Oh. The eating side of the manger. And um, I woke up and there was Miss Daisy looking down at me big eyed just like <laughs> what are you doing and she was kicking at the big boys keeping them away oh, so that they wouldn't trample me and so like i said uh, they they not only appreciate and are in good shape they appreciate what we do our our love they form bonds and oh, they yeah. love you absolutely and I think they love their jobs, too, because they will a lot of times be very upset when they don't get picked to go work that day. Well, I was going to say, you know, my experience is that my my horses that work, which were all of them, um, would be standing by the fence. They have a whole paddock to run around in, a pasture, and I mm-hmm. love to turn them out and see them go buck and fart and have fun. And But then they come right back over by the gate like, okay, let's go, come on, like they want the interaction. And so I, I certainly understand that. Also, you're mentioning that you did some movie work in that. People don't realize how well-trained and the, the, the fantastic foundation and the subsequent training goes into a horse that you can use commercially as a carriage horse or sleigh ride horse or like the type of performances I do, um, that those horses are just so well-trained, so well-adjusted. They live good long lives. They're not nervous and freaked out about everything. And it's really a gift that we give them, in my opinion, to take care of them in that way. Um, As we wrap up here, I want to know, you've we've covered a lot of ground what what would you like the person who's listening to this who maybe is concerned about carriage rides and such but willing to listen to what um the professionals have to say what would you like to leave them with uh to give them a comfort level about the work the horses do and what you've seen in your customers how much they come to admire the horses and such well, it is uh, an honor for us to be able to um, have our sleigh and carriage ride business and being able to share these magnificent creatures with people who um, are customers who don't normally get to see horses a lot. We do you know, see a lot of horse lovers as well, and they come up and compliment us on how our horses are. But it's just that um, when you do see a young child especially, and their eyes just light up and see this magnificent animal. Yeah. And we, we, we don't, we're not in it for the money. We're in it to share joy with, with, with everybody. And, uh, and that's why we're here. I mean, it's, it, it, it's just truly an honor to be a part of the horse carriage or sleigh business. So we can bring so much joy to people's lives. Yeah. I can't wait to come out there and take a sleigh ride. I grew up with a, uh, my dad had 12 ponies that performed a Liberty Act when I was a kid, again, in Baraboo, Wisconsin. 
which has the largest collection of circus wagons in the world. So a lot of these teamsters bring their teams over from Iowa, you know, those Uh areas to come over in the Midwest to pull because where are you going to find circus wagons to pull, right? Nowhere. So it's exactly. spectacular. But we had ponies that pulled a little sleigh, could probably oh, nice. not unlike what your father built. Um, yeah. So I got to grow up uh, in Wisconsin with the ponies pulling a sleigh. And then our elephant pulled the sleigh. So I can top wow. you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. That would yeah. be a special sight there. But so, that was quite a sleigh. Yeah. Too. <laughs> um, but I, I would... Uh, love the opportunity to get out back out there. I've been out there a couple times. Beautiful place, and uh, would love to see your horses and take a ride. Yeah. So I'll try to make that happen sometime. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. I'll post in show notes all the information about your farm and what you guys do. And uh, yeah. I certainly hope yeah. that the uh, community backs you guys and that they don't take these horses out of uh, out of the area. Absolutely. Um, we are uh, at our website, sleighride.com. We do have uh, our a, a new section that we kind of put up for animal welfare, answering Great. questions that people have. Perfect. So we, so, so anybody that goes to our website can take a look at that. They can also book a sleigh ride there too. You Great. Know? And so we, we try to, um, that's easily accessible and uh, we're always love to have a conversation. Even with the animal rights uh, people, it's okay to have a conversation, talk, and yes. you can disagree, but having a, a normal conversation about what your beliefs are and share them and educate is what we definitely try to do. Fantastic. I would like to um, maybe end with what was uh, Papa Sam's um, favorite uh quote or answer to that question why do you do this sure and he said uh he would always say uh i'm in the business of making memories and we are are very blessed that for 50 some odd years we've been making millions or no thousands of memories for good people and we we get a lot of heartwarming stories about how much this meant to them, their families together doing this unique activity. Yeah. And so uh, it's pretty nice when you can tell people you help make memories. Yeah. That's and you and you live alongside some beautiful animals. Um, one last thing, Dwight. I'm reading in the yeah. book about a chicken when you were a young man. So <laughs> maybe just, just tell us a little bit about the chicken story that was in the house watching TV with you. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, the animal lovers moth my mom and dad, and uh, they uh, love fresh eggs like most people do. And so yeah. we got a, a And four boys, chicken. right? You were a big family, yeah. We were a big family, yeah. So uh, it was uh, economical as uh, well as it was healthy. And we ended up, uh, got four chickens, and then uh, the chickens, they do, most of them have a tough time with life. Yeah. We ended up with just one in the family, and uh, we had this uh, cool little wooden chair that she would love to perch on, and she was she would always turn towards the TV and watch watch uh, watch, watch TV shows with us. Oh, okay. And her name was Miranda, and uh, had the personality, and she she would lay eggs in the most unique places. And I still oh. have some great memories of uh, Miranda <laughs> doing her thing. So it was a scavenger hunt to find the eggs. Huh? <laughs> it was, and that, that was my job, you know, I, 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 I've, 
very fortunate to well, have that job. <laughs> uh, it's great. Animal stories and growing up with animals is just the best life. So we've been privileged and thank you. It's been a privilege talking with you folks and I wish you all the best thank and I truly look forward to meeting you in person. It sounds great. Thank Looking you for forward having to us. Well. Thank nice you. talking with you. As I say on every episode, go see for yourself. If you have the opportunity in one of the cities in the United States that's still fortunate enough to provide carriage rides, Charleston, New York City, out in Lake Tahoe, the the Borges family, talk to the drivers. They're happy to converse with you. Take a look at the horses and you'll see that there's a lot more to this story. I hope you enjoyed hearing from the Borges about their beautiful horses. And I personally can't wait to go out to beautiful Lake Tahoe and enjoy, hopefully, a carriage ride in the winter. So go see for yourself. Before you make up your mind, there's a lot more to these stories. Well, again, thank you for listening. Please share these podcasts. Please subscribe so you don't miss any and rate and review them. It's important for me to tell these stories, to introduce you to these great folks. I hope you'll join me next time for more animal tales.